Rink Rats, what's going on? Andy Campbell here representing the Chicago Rink Cast. Hope you are all doing well. Happy New Year. Hope everyone out there is safe. Hope everyone out there is healthy. And um, you're enjoying life the best you can during this time. I am here with my usual friends, my usual suspects. Eric Andrews is here. Welcome back, Eric. We missed you in December. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I do want to make a point of... Obviously, I'm not a hat guy, but I do have some nice apparel today. I've got the Marc Andre Fleury 500th Wind oh, shirt. That's not bad. That's oh, not that's bad. sweet. That's pretty hot. I like it. Yeah. Well played. Well played. And originally hailing from the great state of New York, the Bardo. How are we doing, man? What's going on? Happy What's New Year, you buddy. How are Happy things? New Year. Now, what Good dome do you have on. there? That's hot. I like that. So this is the locker room national championship hat for the UMass Minutemen, the reigning defending That's national awesome. champion of ice, men's awesome. ice hockey. Well played. Well paid. I see Shawnee going, ooh, that's really great. It really should be mine. This yeah. What he's thinking right now. And the epic Sean Fitzgerald, happy new year to you, my friend. How are you? What's going I'm on? I'm great. Happy Excellent. new year to you. Uh, shout out to my dad. It is uh, the big six five for my dad today. So All happy right. birthday! Happy birthday, um, Mr. Fitzgerald! Awesome. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for encouraging me to be me and be weird, and I love it. Love it. Um, my hat is from the Sonoma Stompers, formerly mm. of the Pacific Association of Professional Baseball Clubs, nice, and now currently a collegiate California Collegiate League team for the summer league. Okay. Um, okay. They were in a book. Um, it's by two guys from Baseball Prospectus. The only rule is it has to work, and it's basically two guys. They're made GM of this. Or they run this team for a whole season. They do it all on like stats and analysis and stuff like that. I, I thought it was really cool. They even mentioned um, a, a college from my conference where I went to school. I went to Monmouth College. They mentioned the Grinnell. Pioneers. I don't like the Grinnell Pioneers, but that was a cool shout out. So no, I'm sorry. That is a cool <laughs> shout out, though. Not yeah. bad. Not bad. Love it. All right. Well, before we begin, I want to give a shout out. I got some swag today, too. I've got Brooks School Hockey Jersey on right now. The school that I work at uh, to uh, both teams, Brooks Boys Hockey, Brooks Girls Hockey, currently out of action. The games are getting canceled. They're all bummed out. It's a shame. But they're still out there skating hard and having fun. Big shout out to Owen Christopher, the captain of the boys team, the OC. I know he's listening tonight. What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, I had a good skate with the girls team yesterday. And I tell you what, fellas, I mean, I, I mean, I was a pylon out there. A lot of these girls are <laughs> hoping to be D3, D1 hockey players. And um, damn, they were good. Um, and the energy shift after shift after shift and reminded me of my age and my place in life. So go Brooks Hockey. Wanted to throw that out there. Uh, shout out to our sponsor uh, before we get going, uh, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Use discount code THERINK for 10% off. $100 gets you a free t-shirt if you're interested. Some pretty good swag on there, so go check out some of the Rink, wor- rink Rats Rink Wear. Shawnee's got one underneath his, uh, his uh, zip hood, his quarter zip there, and uh, pretty good stuff. He's got the baseball shirt on. We love it. Um, anyway, to our show, we got a few things to cover tonight. We're going to get into the NHL a little bit, go around the league. We're going to talk about the Olympics, and then we're going to finish it off with uh, an all-Madden draft, an ode to John Madden. 
and we're going to select the rinks all Madden teams. But before we do all that, as you can see on the ticker, the Blackhawks are brutal. They're so bad. And wow, we've been saying this for a long time. Um, we're going to talk about them since they're our favorite team for a few minutes here, but we're not going to continue to beat the dead horse that we've been beating for five plus years right now. Uh, the Blackhawks stink. Uh, they stink. They're not very good at hockey right now. They are currently 11 points out of a playoff spot. They were seven points out of a playoff spot when Jeremy Colleton was fired. And though they were playing some good hockey before the new year under Derek King, all that seems a wash. It's over. Any of you getting these delusions that they're going to go on some sort of run here, uh, leave those at home. It's not happening. Sean, how are you feeling about our Hawks, buddy? Not very good. Um, Derek King kind of pointed it out, and I think Ray mentioned it in a tweet about, and I thought we'd talk about it here. Um, Derek King called the team out. He said half the team wasn't ready to play against the Predators. That's he clear. said several guys weren't ready to play against Calgary. I think I, I, this is just me speculating. I think that was his message to them after the first period against Colorado, because the second period and from then out they were they were way better. Jonathan Taves looked like he was a man possessed. So I think that's the one message. That's the one thing that I, I think I could take some solace in is. I don't, I don't think Jeremy Colleton ever communicated well, despite being labeled the great communicator. I think Derek King doesn't care. He's an AHL coach. He knows he's going to be an AHL coach. He's not sugarcoating stuff. So if they're not playing well, he's going to be like, you're not playing well. Get your heads out of your rooms and play better. At least make it competitive. So yeah. I think that's what you're going to get with Derek King the rest of the way. They're not going to be very good, but at least they're, hopefully they're going to at least put some effort into it. Yeah. I mean, I don't – it's just – I don't know. Yeah, they'll have a few games where it'll be fun to follow Alex to bring it and he'll have a 40 goal season. Congratulations. You know, Kane will get his points. We'll watch Taves try his heart out and that'll be that. I don't know. Eric, where are you with this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I think Sean did a good job kind of summarizing where things are at right now. Um, I did want to make note of the Taves thing. I mean, you know, it was kind of fun seeing that like retro Taves almost. I mean, that's something we really haven't seen in the recent, you know, past. I mean, it's, it's been years since he looked like that. Granted it was for two periods, but still, you know, where we're at right now, you got to kind of find positives. So that was kind of nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess where I'm at, I, I just hope that we do see, you know, that type of effort, brought even if they're not winning games which realistically they will not be but you know if they're working hard and they're making things at least somewhat interesting that's still you know to some extent worth watching whereas how they're playing at the beginning of the season under Colleton you know I mean I, I remember on an earlier podcast I said I was going to watch them play this game and in the five minutes it took for me to get in for my car and turn on the game, they were already down like two or three, nothing. And it's like, well, what's the point of wasting the rest of my night then? So as long as it's not that all over again, you know, if, if there is, you know, some level of consistency, even if it's consistently not great, then, you know, at least you can respect the effort and, you know, get behind that. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of that. And then obviously, you know, seeing, uh, you know, some hopeful development for some of the younger players. Um, you know, I know that they've been talking about, 
potentially having Lucas Reichel come up at some point soon here. So, I mean, that's something to look forward to. Um, you know, I, I certainly would not expect him to come and light the world on fire by any means, but I mean, getting that first glimpse of your top prospect is always an exciting thing. So that's at least something to look forward to here probably in the next, you know, few weeks or month or two. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. Lucas Reichel. That's great. You know, I mean, they're, who was it? Uh, ben Pope on the Sun Times. Was he ranking their prospects the other day? And they, yeah, they that's it. the it article Lucas I Reichel shared. And, you know, he did he even mention Drew Camesso. Um, we t- got totally no. robbed of, of uh, kind of a, some some looks at what Drew Camesso is ultimately going to be with the World Junior shutting down. But um, other than that, I mean, grim scene. I mean, yeah, flip on a game every now and then. Hope that there's a game with points. Wait till after the first period because if it's 3 nothing to whoever's playing the Hawks, then, you know, get a bag of popcorn. There's a lot of good stuff on Netflix right now. Uh, and there's a lot of good hockey being played elsewhere uh, pretty much. So, Bardo, are you feeling similarly? I mean, is this just – are we just wasting our time here following the Hawks? I, I don't even want them to be competitive. I don't even want them to win games. I want them to suck on ice, literally. And the reason why is because I don't want Derek King back because I don't want to fall into that interim coach trap that – you know, guy does well and, you know, let's hire him. I, I don't want to fall into that trap. No. I'm looking the rest of the way for talent development, what they do at the deadline, who's going to be the next GM, what is the vision moving forward. So yeah. people like Reichel, I'd like to see what he does. I'd like to see what Mitchell looks like, yeah. you know, coming back from the AHL. Yeah, give um, Bodan you know, another shot. I mean, throw Give Bodan another shot, exactly. Look, try him out. Yeah. All these guys. I mean, I, I'm literally looking at development. Who is going to be part of this rebuild and who is not? And I'm also glad that the media is actually now starting to talk about the future of Kane and Taves. They did that during the intermission of the uh, of the game against Colorado the other day. I'm glad that's actually being talked about because it probably means it's you know starting to get talked about internally at the Hawks. Yeah. Well, it needs to be. And I mean, it's I, again, I think that trade is a year away at best case summer. I don't think it's going to happen on this deadline mm-hmm. uh, because I don't, you know, we'll get into this in a little bit, but at the NHL and teams taking on big contracts right now amidst a financial crisis is probably not something that anyone really wants to do. Um, you know, that could pose a problem, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't want them to win games either. I mean, play as many young kids to be as bad as you possibly can to put you in a position to maybe get, that lottery pick that will not be forfeited to Columbus in the Seth Jones trade. Um, what is it? They need a one or a two? One or a two. One or a two. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's still, yeah, some ping pong balls definitely need to go their way if that's going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, I guess when you're, you know, Eric, you mentioned we're searching for little bits of good news here and there. Alex Nylander is no longer with the organization. That's great news. Which is great, which is great. You know, I think that it's, you know, I, I want to learn from your mistakes, um, though. I, I don't know. I mean, that trade still, Yoki, are you? I don't know if he'll pan out either. It might just be a guy for a guy, a draft I, pick that I, didn't pan out for a draft pick that didn't pan out. They should have taken Ottinger with that pick. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been swell. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, he's moving on. And uh, but, you know, best of luck to Alex Nylander. It didn't work out. Uh, best of luck overseas where you sign your next contract next year, because that's probably where he's going to be. Um, but at any rate, you know, the UC is going to be very, very empty for the rest of the year. Obviously COVID plays a big role in that, but your on ice product has just been deplorable. The organization has been through the ringer. Uh, the UC will be uh, empty during Hawks games. Oh yes. Not during Bulls games. Not during Bulls games. It'll be packed. 
and I, I might, I would love to even fly home and, and check them out in action. Uh, everything that's going on with the Chicago Bulls right now is very real. And who knows, maybe if the Blackhawks are still, we have nothing to talk about with them. Maybe we'll have a Bulls cast next time. <laughs> so it's, you know, talking maybe about we'll just call it the United Center podcast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, people are saying, God, Lee, are you guys talking about the Hawks again? Well, I, let me know and I'll schedule my next root canal and, you know, listen to it on a, on iTunes or whatever. So <laughs> anyway, that's enough. That's enough about the Hawks. Let's look around the league a little bit. What do you say, fellas? Huh? You know, last time we did this and we chatted, we were talking about, uh, we went division by division. We were talking about some teams. Let's break that down a little bit further, but Shawnee, you were one of the teams you were really diving into and we were getting at when you were attacking the centrals, the Minnesota wild. And around December 9th or 10th or whenever we had that podcast, things were looking up and what's going on now in Minneapolis, different look. Yeah, they, uh, so they were coming off. They were in the midst of an eight game winning streak when we last spoke on the ninth and they'd won that night. They beat San Jose five to two. And since that time they've lost five in a row in their last five games, they've scored 20 goals, given up 26 and um, Ryan Hartman, who had 13 goals the last time we spoke in the last five games, he's only got two. Um, and then uh, Marcus uh, Feligno, he has moved. He's got 15, and Erickson Eck, he only I, he hasn't he scored one goal since we spoke last time. And they were combined for 34 goals. They had 93 goals at one point. They were tops in the league. And now it's just it's fallen off a cliff, and they were leading the division. Now they're in third place, uh, behind St. Louis, at St. or St. Louis and Nashville. They're three points behind St. Louis, four behind Nashville, and they're tied with the Abs. Mm-hmm. I I had had them in the playoffs. Now it looks like they're going to be battling Winnipeg for one of the lower spots in the division. Yeah, like they've they fallen a, off a cliff. They had a ton of guys out for the Winter Classic. I know that. They did. Um, I, I assume the COVID bug and injury bug kind of hit them all at the same time. I guess the good news yeah. is they do have some ground to make up. They haven't played as many games mm-hmm. um, as a lot of their counterparts, except for the Avs. The Avs have played probably the least amount. I think the Avs are at 29 games right now. Um, but Minnesota could still make up some ground, you know, yeah. with, the likes of, with the likes of St. Louis. But St. Louis looks awfully good right now. Mm-hmm. They do. They've got they've got some good stuff, and our our buddy the Sod Father is doing really well over there. Brandon Sod is a hell of a player. Um, I think big picture for Minnesota. I mean, I, I mean, I love that they just locked up, you know, Evison and the and the rest of their coaching staff and their front office, so they got stability. I mean, yeah. I think we all thought, or at least many people out there thought of, thought that they were going to go through a major rebuild. You know, when the Suter and the Parisi thing didn't work out, and they went through buyouts, but you know, not so fast. They're playoff contenders yeah. you know uh, Evison is 62 29 and 7 That's since dark, he yeah. had the title of interim coach removed from him in July of 2020 job security so yeah. I mean that 40 <laughs> games over 500 that yeah, is unbelievable yeah that's, yeah. I'm, that's crazy yeah. yeah and you mentioned and another wild wild move Victor Rass passed through waivers this week mm, really which is yeah, he's such a talented guy. He just, for whatever reason, can't put it together. Yeah, can't get that like, going for a whole deal. Yeah, like so yeah, there, are, there are four. There are four points right now separating the top yeah. four teams in the central. Yep. 
So, I mean, it's, it's anyone's guess. I mean, Nashville as of right now is leading the central. Nobody saw that coming. No. And who knows? Like I was bashing Colorado saying that Colorado was the sexy pick to make the Stanley cup and win the division. They still good. Still good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're at, they're at 40 points. Nashville's at 44 and they have five games in hand on Nashville. Yeah. So So, yeah, yeah. they could, they could very easily take it. You know, another team that, that we kind of said, Hey, we know they're going to be back at some point a month ago. And they were kind of fiddling around in the wild card area were the Vegas golden Knights. And now they are leading the Pacific. Um, pretty impressive. Anyone anyone got any thoughts on Vegas? What's going on there? And they're still waiting for somebody. They're still waiting for Jack Eichel. That's the scary part about Vegas is they're still waiting on Jack. And when he comes back, look out, folks. Was it Eric? Was it you who had Vegas win in the cup? Someone in our poll. I knew you had Carolina. Yeah, I think I had Carolina against Vegas. Yeah, Carolina against Vegas. Yeah. Oh, my New York Islanders pick to win the cup. Boy, that's this is why I don't do well in DraftKings um, and in any fantasy fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. My my prognosticating is is really well. Rough. Vegas is sort Vegas is one six of nine, right? Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying I had the New York Islanders winning the cup. I mean, oh, I, I think I did too. So I'm, 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 I, yeah. I I am I am sinking with the island. Um, as we follow Tommy for the, the Bardo picks, I'll never count the Islanders out. Um, you know, they're still 10 point, 10 points behind in a playoff spot right now. And the, the last wild card spot is the all of a sudden red hot streaking Boston Bruins, um, who took a rest. The Islanders also have so many the Islanders have so many games to make up also. They I mean, do. They, they lost they so many games and they're going to play mostly at home the rest of the way. They will. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the Islanders, the Bruins, the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, those teams have either played 28 Ottawa Senators have either played 28 or 29 games when some people have played as many as 36. These guys are going to be right. playing every other night until April. And then what's interesting is those, those teams that do squeak in under the radar there, they're going to have any legs left at that point. I mean, this condensed NHL schedule right now is totally insane. I mean, it is what it is. What are you going to do? And I, and I, th- right. I don't think the owners, you know, with the revenue that they, they want to get, they're not going to throw in the towel there. Right. Um, well, they lost too much revenue last year, not having any fans. Yeah, but it is too bad Gate wasn't going to be able to make it tonight uh, because one of the things I did want to bring up around the league, and Eric, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Tuka Rask. Uh, I just mentioned a few moments ago, a professional tryout agreement with the Providence Bruins. What does that mean? One of those goalies now has to go yeah, eventually. now, And then if they sign Rask, they're going to have to pay him. So is this going to be the first trade trip that falls? And where I'm going with this is that, does that mean Jake DeBrusque is finally shipped out? And then that starts the domino effect right there. What do we think? It'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think the quote unquote easy way out for Boston, if they do sign Rask is just send Jeremy Swayman down to Providence. Um, You know, it's not going to hurt anything um, or throw him on the taxi squad. If you want him around or what, you know, who cares? Um, you probably want him playing games, so he's probably going to go to Providence. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a really good situation for the Bruins to be in because, truthfully, they're under zero obligation to bring Rask back. You know, right. if he, you know, spends whatever the next few weeks in Providence and just doesn't have it anymore, he doesn't have it anymore. Right. They're not going to sign him just to, you know, just for to be a feel-good story. Right. You know, unless they want to throw him on the taxi squad for the rest of the season, which I guess they could do, but that's not really 
doing anything if that's the case. But yeah, I mean, obviously you hope that it works out and that, you know, he's able to get back somewhat close to what he was able to do before because, you know, he's been, you know, arguably one of, if not the best goalie in the NHL over the last 10 years. If you look at at his stats, if you look at his stats and his, his numbers and everything over the last 10 years, I don't think there's any goalie in the NHL, you know, that's played any meaningful minutes during that time that has performed better than Tuka Rask. So, yeah, they were yeah. there were two goals and 17 seconds away from Rask having two cups to his name, maybe a third in that other series he was in. Um, while you were talking, Eric Wish, uh, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN said that pretty, he thinks is a done deal. Like he's going to do his conditioning assignment. And then sign a contract with Boston. And then they're going to sign probably. him right away. Yeah, bring him up. yeah. probably. Yeah, Makes sense. Now the Bruins, I mean, they still they still have holes to fill with or without Rask. I mean, I, the biggest issue with Tuka Rask is, I mean, the, the teams that they put in front of him have really struggled defensively. And the local media and people calling in have just shredded this poor guy. I mean, he is oh, so you know, good. I mean, here, it's here's just something. Ridiculous. Here's something I was thinking about earlier today. This will absolutely never happen. But how hilarious would it be if he said, "Screw you, Boston! I'm going to Toronto." <laughs> oh wow! Oh go, wow! Go back Jeez. to his draft team, win a cup for the Leafs against, yeah. knock out the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not gonna happen, be. But... Yeah, well, while we're while we're talking about goaltender help in general, um, the Edmonton Oilers. Oh boy, mm-hmm. I mean, they're really in. They you go into the year right now, and everyone's talking win now. And ever since the new year, they've really been in the tank. Now they've got McDavid on the COVID list. He's not going to be playing for a little while. You know, they've been riding his coattails like crazy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, their goaltending is uh, is their weakest link, um, I guess you could venture to say. And, um, you know, there's some names thrown out there. And, Bardo, there's one name I'm thinking of. But, Bardo, you've been following what's been going on in Edmonton and Tippett and everything. There's been a lot said and a lot yeah. going on out there. And what's interesting is that I like Tippett as a head coach. I don't think it's all on him. I think, you know, this team still is not very good defensively. I think they put a lot of stock in Duncan Keith. Um, and, you know, it's not what he was five, six years ago. Um, COVID has bitten them. So I, I, I still think this team is very, very short defensively. Um, and, and in goal, I, I think goal, goaltending is a huge, huge weakness. And, you know, whether it's Mark Andre Fleury or, or somebody else, that's, that's a seller, you know, maybe they look at Dallas and one of their goaltenders because they have, you know, a surplus there. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to make a move if they want to, you know, and I don't buy any of the, any of the rumors that, um, uh, you know, Mike Babcock could be the answer. I mean, I, I just don't. So I, not, I think uh, if, if Mike Babcock is the answer, you're asking the wrong question. Right. Like, yeah. And Mike Smith's been terrible. He has been. Uh-huh. He's what, 37, 36? He's old. Yeah. I mean, I, he's, I don't, 39. Has Mike Smith been oh, the same goalie since he beat the Hawks in 2012? I don't know. I don't think so. And I was just thinking that too. Ever. No, he had, he had a 930 save percentage that year. And no, he, he had hasn't, this, yeah, he hasn't he come close Mike to that. Vernon, that Mike Vernon mask was that him who had the Mike Vernon mask? That thing was sweet. <laughs> he finished fourth in the Vezina that year, too. Yeah, but then another name that's being floated around, um, Bardo, curious your thoughts is uh, Alexander uh, Gorgiev or Gorgiev. I don't know how you pronounce it, but 
You know, what's interesting about him is that I, I see a little bit of Camp Talbot in him. I, I don't think he's a, a good – he just had a nice little stretch when Shesterkin was hurt for the Rangers. Um, he had a, he had a nice stretch where he played pretty well, but long-term, you're not going <laughs> to want him as your starting goaltender. I think gotcha. he's a really good backup. I think he's a little bit overpaid right now, and right. somebody's going to probably overpay him in the offseason once he hits the market. But um, quite frankly, I, he's not a guy – if they trade for him, I mean, it's a, it's a Band-Aid, and it's not yeah. the answer. For sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think that might be one of the only affordable options if they continue in win now mode. Um, but I mean, they're just, they're, they're Quinn Smith on LTIR. now all of a sudden they're, yeah. Now all of a sudden they're fighting for their lives in the, in the playoff chase. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're the eighth spot right now in the wild card. Yep. And Winnipeg is one point behind them. LA is one point behind them. San Jose is three points behind them. Both LA and Winnipeg have games in hand. I mean, this could be unless they really figure this out fast, it could go down to the wire for them. So a lot of people, uh, you know, who are thinking cup for the Oilers, look out, folks. Yeah, I mean, look, they started they started off hot, but then you know, look, I still think in addition to goaltending, I think defense is a problem for them. I think Nurse was hurt, I think, for a while, right? Um, yes, he, he was hurt for a while. Um, but then you, who else do you have on defense? I mean, Bouchard. Uh, he's been okay. Uh, I mean, Cody Cece. Cody Cece. I mean, he's. I mean, he's. he's Slater a, he's a, Cuckoo. Yeah, Blackhawks. Blackhawks Cuckoo. great. Right now? Oh yeah, Blackhawks great. Slater Cuckoo. Um, yeah, he looked like Thor. That was the only thing that was good about him. Yeah, Cece is a is a bottom six pair. A bottom uh, bottom uh, third three pair. I can't even speak that. He's a third pairing defenseman. Is what he is. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, it's no. Nah. Interesting. I now the East is the beast right now. I mean, I don't. The teams in the East right now are really full steam ahead, charging. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty. Carolina. I mean, I, no, I, I still think. I do think Carolina at this stage is going to win that division. Um, and Eric, you're big on big on Carolina as well. I mean, they just seem like you know ESPN Power Rankings had them number one today or earlier this week or whenever ESPN decided. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. We forgot. We need to write something about hockey. Um, you know, they threw that out there at some point. We'll put everything on ESPN Plus and then and then we won't write oh. much stuff. Um I still believe in Carolina in the East. They were my pick preseason. Yep. Um and I, I still believe in that team. Um I mean look, they're they're playing really well, there's no question about it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're gonna make a move at the deadline, they're not gonna stand pat. Yeah, and um, you know, they're well run, they're well coached. Right. I mean it, it just puts seven on Columbus. Yeah, what I what I think is nuts right now, and that I mean that division in general is silly, and actually the Atlantic's silly too. Um, I mean, as far as the talent level and the teams, but you know who no one really talks about. Well, that's not true. I mean, people do, but we haven't talked about that. I mean, the Washington Capitals, Ovechkin is a heart candidate at his age right now. I mean, a lot of people are thinking, well, if McDavid slips up even just a little bit, it's between McDavid and Ovechkin. But I mean, the, the Capitals are just right in the thick of things, 2018 champs. Could four years later, could they still do this or are they still missing things? So could I could I make it a, a, an analogy? You know what the Capitals sure. remind me of in many ways? You know, after the Blackhawks won their, I, I maybe first, maybe it was their second cup, I don't remember, but you saw them sort of going through the motions in the regular season and it's like, right. are they Lane done? And, they, and it's like they're bored. They just want to get to the postseason. They want to play right. good enough to get to the postseason. They don't care about finishing first or, 
finish. They, you know, they just want to get to the postseason because they are built for the postseason. And, and I, I just think that's what they're going to do in, at the deadline. They're going to look for just, you know, some depth guys. And, and you know, the, again, another team that's well run. They, you know, Laviolette's won before. So, I mean, quite frankly, I think that's a team – I wouldn't worry about where they're where they're sitting in the uh, in the standings, but quite frankly, this is a team that you're gonna that you're gonna hear from. Yeah, I mean they're yeah, I mean they they've got a lot of horses. They're they're I mean they do. You mentioned the Hawks. They they also remind me of the Penguins. How they kind of resurfaced a little bit later on after everyone said, "Oh, they'll never win again." Mm-hmm. You know, they got they got that one cup in in 2009, and then they'll never win again. You know, they missed their window, and then they just kind of showed back up on the scene. I mean, the Caps they won back to back. Yeah. Now, speaking of the Penguins, the Penguins are all of a sudden still in the mix, too. Not all of a sudden, but they're around. I mean, they're a wild card team right now. They might finish as a wild card team, probably will. But if Malkin comes back very soon, um, and that could possibly change some things. They could be threatening. They could go into the playoffs as a team that nobody wants to see. Well, um, and especially you also have to factor in, you know, they now have, have added an elite top line scoring winger in Alex Nylander. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, based on his core well side percentage, well according to well unnamed Twitter followers. <laughs> no. no, yeah. It, so what we were saying in the text chat, just kind of tying it back to the Blackhawks really briefly, was like the Pittsburgh Penguins are what the Blackhawks should have been. Like after they won the 2009 championship, like you said, Andy, then they resurfaced again because right. they'd replenished with all that young talent. And then the young talent was uh, – cost-effective, and they were able to supplement the Malkins of the world, the Sidney Crosby's of the world, and stuff like that. That's yeah. what the Blackhawks didn't do, and now you're seeing it again. Pittsburgh's coming back around again with with younger, like, inex- not call- like they've got guys that are making under a million dollars or such and such on their roster. Like, the Hawks don't have that. And, well, and, yeah. and how are they doing that? Because they draft well and they develop right. well. Right, exactly. And 100%. they need some more trades. That's how they do yep. it. Yeah. Yep. Just smarter people running their hockey club, essentially. That's, all yes. that's, that's kind of what we're getting at here. Yeah, yep. Detroit's going to be exciting in the years to come. They're going to be on the outside looking in, probably, but mm-hmm. you know, obviously a very bright future in Detroit. And we were talking about Washington adding chips at the deadline. Just don't call Steve Eiserman and get fleeced again. Um, <laughs> Amazing Detroit's head coach. Uh, Steve Eiserman is going to fleece somebody yep. again. Yeah, the what, guy what, is smarter than everybody in the league. Yeah, I would not do business with Eiserman. He's going to get you. Bardo, what were you saying about their coach? No, I'm saying that, that everyone had Detroit's head coach um, fired, and now he's just all of a sudden he, you know, he's starting to help develop that talent, and he's he's yeah. doing well. I mean, yeah, yeah, Blashell. Well, I mean, Blaschel, he, he yeah, coached well their AHL team for a number of years when yeah. Babcock was running. He just got to the Red Wings when the they were the cupboard was barren. Not that Eiserman's okay. replenishing it. You could a coach only makes so much of a difference if you don't have any talent, like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Iserman's like yeah. you, you knew this is what was going to happen. It wasn't like Iserman was what is a dummy or anything. You knew, like, it's not like he was a fluke. Yeah, so. but that was my point also with Tippett is that Tippett also took that team, forget about just the conference finals. I mean, that team made the playoffs with not a lot of talent, and he did that largely because of the system that he put in place, the defensive system. And now he's got oodles of talent. And now he's, you know, now everyone wants him fired. Well, he didn't become a moron overnight. And I don't think it's the coaching that's the problem. No. I think it's a talent issue. It's a it's a talent issue it's, and goal. 
you can only do yeah, so much. Yeah, their blue line, their blue line their talent's blue line been sucks. an issue for years. Yeah, years. They're the Toronto of the West. Yep, because yep. they have, they're just they're built exactly like Toronto. Toronto's got all their money invested up front in their forwards, and so does Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. It's Morgan Riley and a bunch of trash in in uh, in, in, in Toronto. Yeah, the other the other quick plug on, on just Stevie Y. It, it's it's amazing how a few years ago or a couple of years ago, I can't remember the exact year, but what people thought when he drafted a uh, Moritz Snyder or Snyder. Oh, people um, and people were going, "What on earth is he doing? This is terrible. He could have traded." They were burning ice in jerseys. Yeah. Like it was. I mean, it's and he knew exactly what he was doing. And now I don't know if any of you had the opportunity to watch some of the World Juniors before it was canceled, but this guy Evanson that they have, the Swede who they picked, mm -hmm. I mean, that kid was lights out in the two games that Sweden played. And just to think that those are going to be their two stalwarts on their blue line moving forward mm -hmm. when you have Lucas Raymond. You know, when, you know, you finally give Larkin guys to play with and, you know, Stevie will make all the right moves and make them into contenders as he did, you know, Tampa's winning cups on his dime yep. uh, right now. And so the guy you love to hate back in the day, Steve Eiserman, because he was so damn good. Now the Red Wings can't even really, they don't even seem like rivals anymore. So it's a lot easier to like them now, but um, Hey, I don't know. Hats off to Stevie. Why um, before we do the Madden draft, Quick plug on the Olympics. Eric, what is going on uh, with the Olympics exactly? Do people even care anymore? Obviously, Brad Marchand had a few things to say about it. Um, he's ready to go. You know, it seems like a lot of – I'm sure a lot of NHL players that have already had COVID, it's very easy for them to say, oh, I'll go now. Um, you know, but what are they doing? What's going on? Who's playing? When do they decide? What's the deal? Uh, I don't think anyone knows the answer to any of those questions, but we can at least theorize. Um, I mean, one thing that's been floating around of late in terms of who's playing, uh, you know, is some of those bigger name players that were in the World Junior Tournament. And, you know, to me, I would love to see that. You know, I think not only is that kind of throwing the Olympics back to what they used to be, you know, 30, 40 years ago of truly having amateur players and, you know, young guys and stuff. 92 was the year they used professionals for the first time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go back to the eighties, it was all, you know, the young, it was, you know, 1980, it was all college guys, you know, and I'm not saying that's what it should be, but I'll be honest. I didn't, I hardly watched any of the 2018 Olympics because no one wants to watch, you know, Joe Schmo who played in the NHL, six years ago who's been ripping up the del lately like no yeah. one no one cares about that no so yeah i mean at least for me if it ends up being like that kind of how it was four years ago i don't think i'll be overly interested but if yeah. you do see you know the injection of guys like owen power and maddie Beneers and kent johnson and you know guys like that then that's at least something to tune into you know and say hey you know these guys are on the biggest stage in the world. Even if the best players in the world aren't there, it's still the biggest stage of sports. What can they do? You know, yeah. it'll be fun to see that. So I really hope that that does work out for some of those guys to go. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to see that, but yeah, as far as, you know, some of the veterans, I mean, 
it's fun to, you know, hear some names that you haven't thought of in years, you know, guys like, uh, I don't know, Matt Tompkins, you know, people like that. Um, My guy. That's right. I think about him every night. (laughs) Eric, I totally agree with you because I I don't like, I'm not watching the Olympics to watch Cody Franzen play. Like, you know, I think the AHL is going to let guys go. The KHL definitely wants as many of their players to go. Mm-hmm. Is what it, Russia will be all team KHL. Yeah, right? and, and and so, but the big question is: is now, you know, uh, TSN reported today that Team Canada wants to announce uh, their their Olympic team within the next two weeks, and they are considering Johnson Johnston and Power from Michigan. You know, I mean, all these guys went back to Michigan to win a national championship. I mean, they've got five they've got five first round picks on their college hockey roster not guys that are projected first round picks guys that have been drafted in the first round on their roster. Mm-hmm. The problem is will Michigan let them go in February, which is right around the corner from the big 10 tournament. And when the NCAA begins, and do you let these guys go? And also do you run the risk of them getting COVID in, in China? If you get COVID in China, my guess is you're going to be there <coughs> for an awfully long time. Um, and I can't speak to the rules and regulations or, or what their quarantine period is like, but I, I can imagine it's not as loose as what the CDC just announced for us. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're the University of Michigan or you're their hockey program, what, what do you do if those guys are saying, hey, I really want to go? You know, it was a little bit different when it was around the holidays and they were all playing in the in the world juniors. Um, yeah, I would have I, I mean, love I would have loved to see. Uh, the you know the what is it the IIHF or is that what it's called yeah mm-hmm. yeah internationalized yeah. say World Juniors is canceled all of you guys are going to the Olympics instead uh, yeah would have been awesome yeah um, because I I the idea of it being an amateur event again is great but the idea of it being a C minus professional show the Spangler Cup I believe somebody yeah, it just seems yep. I don't know so I mean I. I don't know who's going to be tuning in. I don't know what the ratings are going to be like, but it's uh, I, it's anyone's. I guess, personally but. like Gary Bettman's suggestion: play it during the summer, move it to the summer after the NHL season. Then you can yeah. send all the kids because they won't be in college hockey at that point. Send all the amateur yeah. kids, let them play. Right. This well, way, do it, it in place of the world the championships. Season. Yeah, do it in place of the world championships. Yeah. Because no yeah. one watches that and no one knows where the hell to watch it. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's like this obscure championship that happens every summer, but it's just, yeah. what is it? No one knows. I mean, Canada like, wins, which, and that's all we know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. I mean, I, you know, the only hockey I, I, I assume at this point uh, that I'm going to be tuning into is, is the women's hockey and rooting for Team USA to take on the world and battle Canada and hope that they bring home the gold. Those games are yep. amazing to watch. I mean, just the, you know, how hard they all work for, for this period of, of their lives. Um, man, they can all skate. It's just really fun. And I don't think any any NHL matchup has, has even come close to that kind of rivalry with the USA and Canada and what they have in women's hockey in the Olympics. Um, so that I'm definitely turning into. Yeah, I want to see Hillary Knight just uncork a slap shot again. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she is awesome. Yeah, they're all awesome. She's the only – I think – isn't she the only – the last female player to skate with an NHL team in a practice? I believe it's the Anaheim Ducks. I don't I know. she's the last one to do it. Yeah, could be. Like an actual practice. Got it. The only one was Manon Rayon. Did Manon she do that Rayon. in a game, actually, or it was a preseason game or something? Preseason oh, game. Oh, that's right. 
first year of the Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. And Amanda Kessel's going this time. Like, obviously, Kendall Coyle will be there. Like, it's, I'm excited. I, I really like that women's team. No, it's, it, it'll definitely be a great watch. And it's, I, I think, is one of the highlights of the Olympics. Um, mm -hmm. The winter games for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That in the cross country. When that, when that nutty announcer announced the gold medal winning, I don't know if you guys heard that. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent right now, but the, the, you, the you, cross, country. cross country gold medal 2018, and whoever the commentator is there is unbelievably freaks out, and it's really cool. <laughs> That's anyway, awesome. Yeah. At any rate, I digress. So, the main part of our show, the main event, the All Madden NHL draft is what we're going to do. Um, in honor of the late, great John Madden, God rest his soul. What a great sportsman. What an ambassador. Uh, what a video game. What a guy. And uh, we're all going to miss him. Even a movie star. Even a movie star. Um, lived a great life. Lived to 85. Even though when I was in third grade, I thought he was 85. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> great, great life and a great sportsman. So anyway, in honor Boom. of this, and the, the Bardo is going to run this show here. All Madden NHL draft. We're going to do this. We're going to have picks. What's the format, Bard? What are we doing? How's it going? All right. So here's the format. So we know All Madden um, is really defined as someone who exemplifies toughness and skill. So what we're going to do is we're going to draft our All Madden teams. Um, it, we're going to go around and you get the choice of three forwards. You get to pick three forwards, two defensemen, a goaltender, and a coach coach is the so the coach is going to be a wild card it could be a current or a former coach and the on on your roster on your actual player roster you can have no more than two um past nhlers so everybody else has to be current and then you could have two nhl legends alumni hall of famers whatever yeah. you want to call them so I'm going to give the first pick to our editor, Mr. Ooh. Eric Andrews. Okay, and we can't pick the same guys, right? Once well, we that can't pick the same guys, over. right. All right, we got to keep uh, some tallies on this. How do we do this? I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to keep it. Bardo, are you keeping the list? I, I can do it. I can do it. All right, I'm going to enter in three forwards pick on the ticker. First pick, first all right. overall on the All Madden draft. What do we got? All right. Well, I would just like to uh, take this time to thank uh, thank uh, Puck Hockey for hosting this draft. Um, <laughs> shout out to our, our fans back home at the the watch party. Um, <laughs> whether you know who that is, Gate, Aaron, I don't know. Um, anyway, with the first pick, um, extremely pleased to select from the pit. No, he's on the Chicago Blackhawks now. <laughs> Sam Lafford. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, I'm not taking Sam Lafferty. <laughs> um, Sean liked that one. Yeah, that, wasn't that, that funny? Nerve hit. Nerve hit. Um, actually, my first pick. Uh, I think this guy. I'll explain more for you know after the pick, but um, I think this guy exemplifies everything that a Madden pick would be. That being Mr. Elbows, Gordy Howe. Oh, it's that's tough. So, yeah, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, the guy was arguably one of, if not the toughest player in NHL history. You know, I mean, you could say, 
you know, there were goons and enforcers that were tough for sure. But I mean, guys that could play the game, I don't think there's anyone, you know, that you could say was tougher than Gordy Howe. Right. Um, no one wanted to even touch him because they didn't want to deal with it. Right. Um, you know, and obviously the skill, you know, speaks for itself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, um, you know, Gordy, in my opinion, you know, is unquestionably the first pick in this draft. I like it. So remember, fans, we're talking not just greatness here. We're talking toughness, grit, character, the kind of folks. But, man, that's tough to beat. Uh, a very worthy, very worthy first pick. Awesome. We're going to have to publish this list on uh, on the rink.com at some point. Yeah. Andy, right, next, number two. Follow that. Bardo, who's up? You. Me? You, number two. Oh dear. Um, okay. Well, let's see. I gotta I gotta type this out with the second overall pick in uh in the draft. In the all Madden draft. Now remember the prefacing, we're talking toughness, character, grit, and greatness. I am going to go with who I feel is the most underrated NHL blue liner of all time. Uh, the first overall pick in the 1973 NHL entry draft and is so worthy of this honor that the Ranger fans just can't quite let it go. Dennis Potvin. There we go. Dennis Potvin. And here's why Dennis Potvin. This guy was everything. He was the man. I don't even know if Dennis has one ends or two, but the way that we're putting it right now is it's only going to have one Uh, Norris trophy winner, captain of the greatest dynasty in hockey history. And I'm not going to let that go. Um, in any way, shape, or form. He can do everything on the ice, lateral movement. If he hits you, you're going to feel it for weeks, days, months. Um, I think he was the first first NHL defenseman to 1,000 points, I believe. I think Paul Coffey was right behind him, but he was there. But uh, Paul Coffey couldn't carry Denny Potvin's jock in a suitcase, if you ask me. Um, this guy was the real deal, and I, I certainly think worthy of the second overall pick, and that's who I'm taking. Nice. All right, Shawnee, you're up. I am going to go with a man who went out on top, retired probably a little too early in his career, but, you know, one of the greatest all-time goaltenders, voted 2017 NHL's top 100 players. I'm going to go Ken Dryden from the Montreal Canadiens. Sneaky. That's a really sneaky pick. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, Ken Dryden, what he nine NHL seasons, six cups? Yep. Or something like that. And didn't he take a year off to go to law school? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty hardcore stuff. I mean, they don't really make him out of that mold anymore. No, um, no. And he just knew. And and one of the best books you'll ever read about hockey, The Game, the game. is written about Ken Dryden. The Game. Terrific book. Awesome. Great pick. This is awesome. All right, Bart, are you sure you're ready? You I created this game and you got, dominating. Yeah, I think I got value with number four. Um, I am going to go with Mark Messier. Oh. Um, you know, <laughs> six yeah. time, I think, Stanley Cup winner. Um, you know, the most imp- – I mean, he had – two of them were really impressive. It was the year that 
it was just, I think it was his first year without Gretzky when they made that run and beat the Bruins in the final. And I want to say that was 1990. That run was tremendous. 1990, yeah, 89, yeah. 90, yeah. Yeah, and then the obviously the run where he, you know, ended the uh, the Rangers' um, 50-year hex. So, you know, that was obviously a historic moment. Right. And so, you know, I think, I think Mark Messier obviously exudes, you know, toughness. He had skill, you know, he was, you know, arguably one of the best leaders in all of, you know, professional sports. So, um, yeah, and tremendous, you know, two-way player for sure. Yeah, he was, I, I still remember in 1990, I was really, really hopeful because the Hawks had the Oilers in the conference final. They were up 2-1. Mm-hmm. They played game four in the Chicago stadium and the Hawks lost four, two and the Hawks played a really, really good game. Yep. And Messier yep. had two goals and, uh, and four points mm-hmm. and did everything. Yep. Um, it was insane. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's a great pick. And now, now you're going right back at five um, and you have one, you have one more retired player you can use up, right? Yes. One right. more retired player. Um, fifth overall pick. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go with my goaltender and I am going to go, and there's two that I'm thinking about, but I think there's one that I want to go with and I'm, I'm going to stay in New York um, with this one, but actually, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to stay in New York. I'm going to go Billy Smith. Hmm. Battling Billy Smith. Battling Billy Smith. So my other guy, I, I, I'm gonna, not going to mention his name, but maybe in the end I will. But but Billy Smith, tough as nails, dude would swing his stick at him. You would run into him, and he would let you know that you ran into him. Um, obviously a part of multiple Stanley Cups, and he was a big part of it. I know that team was loaded, but he was a big reason why they won. He had multiple games where he stood on his head. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going Billy Smith. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. All right. So you're you're only now you're only on present players moving forward. And now we I'm we only go. on present players moving forward. Yeah. So Shawnee, you're up. Shawnee, you're up with six overall. Okay. I am gonna go. So I'm torn here. Ooh. Mm. I thought I Sean I was go, gonna have I a, go. a guess in making the pick. You've got your goalie already. <laughs> He liked to thank the Ringcast for their hospitality. I'm gonna go with Gary Volk. <laughs> Ray Bork. Ooh, good pick. Not bad. Tell us more. Some well, stuff. Hall of Fame defenseman won the Norris Trophy five times uh, with the Bru- and the Stanley Cup with the Avs in 2001. Top 100 greatest player of all time, according to. Um, the NHL.com, 410 goals, 1116 assists, 1579 points. Yep. I mean, tough guy, captain, and a leader. Yep. You know, bad. And, yeah. and I want to build my, I'm building my all mad team from the blue line out. Oh. So, yeah, he shops right he's around. He's not related to Penguins legend Phil Bork or Blackhawks legend <laughs> Rene Bork. <laughs> Shop, no. Shops right around the corner here at uh, Butcher Boy. Uh, North Andover, good restaurant, good place to get some good meat. So, I am going to as much as I want to take a goalie right now, and I got a really good tip from someone on who I should take next. But I think I might hold off a little bit because I I really want to nail down a present player as a 
is my uh, maybe my pre premier pivot, my premier center Iceman. And so um, with that, and uh, though, though the person that just tried to tip me off to get me to take my goaltender, if he's upset about this pick, I'll, uh, I'll have words with him. But with the seventh overall pick, I will, I'm going to go with a current player, and that's Patrice Bergeron is, is going to be my center uh, to lead my all Madden team. Um, I don't think when people take into account toughness, a lot of times they want to talk about rugged players guys that drop the mitts, guys that throw their elbows. Um, but there's something to say for that blue collar guy that goes out there and does his job and is asked to do so much for his team and does everything really, really well. I Keeps believe in the, the 2013 Stanley Cup, he played with a punctured lung. Punctured lung. Mm -hmm. He had a punctured yep. lung. He got a punctured lung in game five and played in game six. Mm-hmm. And yep. it was like he was taken yeah, in an ambulance during that yeah, game. Yeah, I remember it was an argument that I was having between Boston fans that whose injury was worse, Taves' concussion that he was playing with after uh, Johnny Rocket ran him over, or Patrice Bergeron with a punctured lung. But I mean, every year that the playoff that the you know they go on this long playoff run, I mean, he was basically playing bone on bone with his groin against St. Louis. Uh, instrumental, they're not the team they are without him, and. Um, you know, I mean, Patrice Bergeron, history is going to look back on Patrice Bergeron and perhaps Bob Ganey along with him as the two best defensive forwards in hockey history. So that's who I want. Um, what going. does Mike Milbury say about it, though? Oh, I don't care. There's a reason <laughs> Mike Milbury and Jeremy Roenick aren't on the air anymore. Um, so those guys can go. Roenick, I believe, had uh, that on the mind. So, yeah. So uh, that's who I'm going with. Two picks coming up right now. For my man Eric, what do you got? Sorry, Bardo. Didn't mean to take the thunder. No, it's fine. Yeah, go. <laughs> All right. Well, I I'm debating how to use my second retired player spot. Um, I think I am gonna use it here. I get I mean I could do it now or the next pick, but I'll do it here. Um, you know, and I think one thing that I, I would like to add to my team is some versatility. So with this pick. Uh, I'm going to pick someone that was a very, very good goaltender in his day. He was a Vesna Trophy winner, after all. Uh, he also can provide me with, uh, you know, some good front office skills. He'll probably actually take over the GM role from me. Uh, and he, he could also chip in uh, with some goal scoring as well. Uh, that being from the Philadelphia Flyers' Ron Hextall. Ooh! Ooh. Ooh. I thought he was going. I thought I know where Andy thought he was going. That's where I thought he was going too. Yeah. Wow. Now we're talking yeah. are we talking toughness here? Or are we talking goonery? I mean a little bit of both, right? I mean he he you know, you talk about a goalie that can do it all. I mean, I don't know that there's any goalie that actually could do it all better than Ron Hextall. So all right. All right. yeah, that's that's where I'm going. Could he stand yeah. at the blue line like Marty Turco, though? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that we don't or at know. the red line. <laughs> um, well, this year yeah, I mean, with the banners trying to write, Mar or trying to write this thing, it's yeah, problems here all over the place. Trying to write Ron Hextall, and maybe that's just, you know, Mr. Madden going, "Don't do that." That's okay. <laughs> I'll I'll give you some time because I'm not sure who I'm taking with the next pick. So. Um, Maybe uh, John Madden saying Falco's back. Falco's back. Falco. I think he's running. 
Footsteps Falco. Yeah. Footsteps Falco from the Sugar Bowl. The same. Yeah. I For love some reason. Yeah. I still can't. We saw. I just saw Bergeron come through. I know, and I, I for whatever reason, I can't get the eighth pick up there. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, Eric, you're back up again. Ron Hextall, huh? Ron Hextall. That'll be my my goaltender, my depth scoring, and my GM. Um. So with the ninth pick, uh, obviously now I'm just on to current players. Um. I am. I was debating on whether or not I wanted to consider this guy just because. It's one of those guys that you love, you hate, kind of depends on where you're at as far as fandom and stuff. But, um, you know, it's a guy that, you know, I think definitely belongs on on this list for sure. Um, we already have one of his teammates that was selected, that being from the Boston Bruins, Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand? Come on, man. You look at, I mean, you look at the last... You know, I don't know how many years. I mean, probably close to 10 years at this point. He's one of the most consistent point producers in the NHL over that time. Obviously, his, uh, his reputation, you know, precedes himself. But, you know, he's still a tough guy. You know, he's not going to back down from anybody. Um, you know, whether you are, you know, in line with those antics or not, you know, I would say personally I am not. But, you know, the toughness is there. The skill is 100% there. Um, you know, is he a bit of a goon at times? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like I said at the top, I mean, his point production has been right up there. You know, I think he's probably top five in point production over the last, you know, seven, eight years. So yeah. it's it's hard to deny that. And getting that in the third round is, is a steal. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Well, I guess we all have our own definition of toughness. Um, not sure for me if that incorporates slew footing and licking people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's not up to me with that pick. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't choose someone who I'd like to choose. At any rate, so we're back to me right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So I considering everyone has their netminder and they're going hall of fame style that gives me a little leeway to pick a current netminder so maybe i'm not going to waste that pick on my my goalie even though i thought i would and if we want to talk about true life toughness in the game of hockey and greatness i am going to go with another player who can play any position on the ice as my next forward <laughs> And that is Super Mario. Mario Lemieux is uh, is going to be my next pick. And, um, you know, we talked about <coughs> – or we haven't – we didn't talk about, but um, Mario Lemieux, what he had to deal with with his back, what he had to deal with with guys going after him every single night, mm-hmm. um, and how he performed – all the time, it was the most magical player I've ever seen play the game of hockey. And I don't, anyone who saw Mario Lemieux live will tell you that you're never going to see anything like it again. Yep. And the other thing about Mario Lemieux, we talk about Madden, we talk about toughness. This is a guy who, after winning the back to back Hans Smythe trophies in the Stanley Cup in 91 and 92, in the 92 93 season, got Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
got cancer, took two months off and took two months off during the season and came back and still won the scoring title in what I consider the greatest individual season of all time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also watching him and, and Wayne Gretzky in the Canada cup. I don't, I don't know if we'll ever see better hockey played than we did in 1987 in that summer. So I'm running my mouth too much, but Mario Lemieux is my second forward picked and my last, uh, retired hockey player. Awesome. Who's up? Shawnee. All right. So I am going to address a forward position and I'm out of um, all time grades. So I'm going to um, select a forward that's finished second, the Selkie three times, third once fifth and was second in the Calder trophy, his rookie year. Uh, I'm going to go with the captain of the Vegas golden Knights, Mark stone. Ooh, I like that. pick. Good pick. He's really, he's something, man. And you remember when he was on Ottawa and everyone's like, Ooh, someone's going to pick him up and they're going to love it. Yeah. He's really. He's fun to watch. Yeah. He's plays 18 to 20 minutes a night. Good defensive forward scores. He's a real leader on the ice. I like him a lot. Awesome. Love it. Bardo. All right. And you've so got, next two, pick... you've got two now, Bardo. Or no, yes. I'm back to back. Back to back. Okay. I got two Stay back to back. So I am going to address a forward position and, you know, what I think a tough toughness, I bet you a lot of people don't, but when I tell you why, um, it, you may be convinced, um, you may not be, but I think it's a fair argument and I'm going Patrick Kane. Woo. And, you know, if you think about when he came into the league and, and there was debate as to whether or not he was going to be the number one overall pick and everyone knew how skilled he was, but people were always concerned about his size and his durability and his ability to last in the league very long. But you know what? This kid has, you know, he's gotten better defensively to somebody who at least is responsible defensively. He came in and he had no clue or no desire to play defense. He is a kid who's targeted, I call him a kid now, but um, he he's targeted every single night by every team's best defenseman, best, you know, defensive forward line. And he's still able to become, you know, an elite scorer and finish in the top, you know, three to five in scoring every single year. And how many injuries has he had? I mean, major injuries. I can only count one. And that was the year in 2015 and I was at that game broke a when, uh, against Florida when he got the broken collarbone. But apart from that, find me a major injury that he's had. I don't think he's had. And he's lasted, and he's not slowing down. No, he's not. So he's he's, he's been in the league since he was, what, 18, 19, and now he's 31, 32, and yep. still playing at an elite level. Yep. So to me, there's a degree of toughness there. So – I am taking Kaner. I love it. I love it. The thing, the other thing about Kane too is, if if you recall, the year that he was drafted first overall, um, two thousand eight. Is that two thousand eight or two thousand nine? I can't remember. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Two yeah. uh, thousand seven. Sorry, Taves was 06. Oh. Kane was 07. Right. Okay. But that that wasn't like a clear. This is the guy that everyone's taking draft. I mean, he was it was between him and Van Van Riemsdyk, and I remember right. being irritated, be like, "They should have taken Van Riemsdyk. This guy's not going to survive." And people are comparing, like, "Oh, he'll project like a Daniel Briere. 
you know. Actually, wasn't Dale <laughs> oh, Talon God, Danny more... Briere? Oh, God. Wasn't, wasn't Dale Talon actually in love with the player who went third overall? Let's see if you guys remember his name. Is it Johnson? Turris. Very good, Eric. Very Kyle good. Turris. Kyle yeah, Turris. Gretzky. Gretzky was all over Kyle Turris. Yeah. Oh, he's going to break Turris all my records. Yeah. All right. But, uh. Anyway, great, great pick. And now you're you're on the clock again. I'm on the clock again. So right now, um, I'm going to go on to the blue line. I'm going to get somebody who is a cup winner, a Norris Trophy winner, still playing at the top of his game, one of the leaders in block shots. I'm going Alex Petrangelo. Ooh, good pick. Ooh, good pick. Very good pick. I needed to learn how to spell Petrangelo. There's a P and an it's I a hard and, and a T or yeah. Alex, <laughs> Alex P. Alex P. Yeah. Alex P. Keaton. All right, Shawnee, you're up. So I'm going to go with a guy we talked about earlier uh, when discussing the Washington Capitals. I'm going to go with Alexander Ovechkin. Oh, that's so uh, good. And scoring that was pick. 40 or 50 goals every year. He also is consistently – I shouldn't take his name. He's close to 200 hits a year. So he lays the body. Big guy plays 20 minutes a night. Alexander Ovechkin is my pick at forward. Strong. I'd say that's strong to a quite strong. So that's 14th overall. Gonna make this easy for everyone and just go Ovi. Ovi. All right, Andy, you're up. As soon as it saves. All right, I'm up, huh? Mm hmm. Yikes. Um, Victor Hedman. I'm going to put on the blue line with uh, Dennis Potvin. And I, uh, I it was, yeah. <laughs> it was either Victor Hedman or Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. Me. And I just, I, I mean, Victor Hedman has is, is established himself as the premier defenseman in the NHL right now. Uh, he's got the offense, he's got the size, he's got the lateral movement, he plays the defensive game, and he plays a lot. Um, I mean, and he's been very, very durable. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, enough said, Victor Edmund. I think that's I think that's my guy. All right, EA, two picks. Fair enough. That's a good pick. I was going to take him if he was not off the board. Um, one guy that I will take, um, you know, to to round out my forward position here. Uh, I already have Gordy on the right and Brad Marchand on the left. Um, I'm going to take a take a bit of a page out of a book that was taken earlier, but. Uh, go for more of a, you know, just a very well-rounded player who is very much, you know, first and foremost, an excellent leader, uh, you know, and has certainly had his fair share of, of battles physically throughout his career as well. Um, you know, we have seen that very recently as well. Um, you know, that being our captain, Jonathan Taves. Ooh. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, we said it on this podcast coming into this season. We we did not expect anything from him this year. And is he his old self of 10 years ago? Well, no. But is he playing better than I think probably all of us expected? Yeah, at least for me. I mean, he's, you know, a pretty solid player still. I didn't think he was going to be that good. The production isn't there, but that's okay. <coughs> but... You know, I mean, this guy was off the ice for a year, you know, and came back and was playing at a pretty high level. So, I mean, you know, that in and of itself deserves a spot. But, I mean, just the fact of how many 
Miles has been on his body throughout his career, you know, how much pressure has been put on him to perform during those cup runs, you know, not only, you know, offensively, defensively, as far as leadership. I mean, it's pretty remarkable the things that he has accomplished throughout his career, um, you know, and, and it's definitely more of that leader type of toughness. You know, he's not going to go out and drop the gloves, obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, you talk about best leaders in the history of the sport. I mean, Messier is up there and there's a few other guys that are up there, but Taves, you know, if he's not top five, he might even be top three. So, I mean, yeah. I, and I believe, me, didn't Jonathan Taves win the first ever Mark Messier award? Leadership mm-hmm. award. Yep. 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 So, yeah, I'm going Taves for that pick. I like um, that. Uh, I like so this, this leaves me at only defenseman at this point. So I did really want Hedman, so I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out who I want here. Um, there are definitely a few guys that, that still, you know, would <clears throat> fulfill this for sure. But, um, you know, one guy that I'm thinking of, and I'll probably take, I'm just looking at the list real quick just to make sure I'm not overlooking somebody crazy. Um, yeah, I'll just go with them. Um, kind of in the same ilk as Taves, I would say, in a lot of ways. You know, not a guy that's going to go out and bash somebody's face in, but, you know, a guy that carried the mail, you know, for many years. And, uh, you know, he's not what he used to be, similar to Taves. Um, but Duncan Keith, you know, I mean, Ooh, the, he's going the back guy. To the box. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, I'm, I'm going there. But, uh, oh. yeah, I mean, just a, an all-time great defenseman. You could play pretty much any way you want. Um, you know, he's not going to crush you with a huge hit, you know, like a, you know, like a Chris Pronger or Nicholas Cronwall would or something. But I mean, you know, or Scott Stevens or somebody like that. If anyone has any uh, retired spots left, those are good options. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, you know, Duncan Keith could do it all. And, uh, you know, I mean, let's not forget losing however many teeth he lost in that game. That was and coming back, that was you know, that, that's tough. So, yeah, that's a guy I want on my team any day. Yeah, I like that. It's a good pick. Really good pick. And his his, re, his regimen for years has been and how he takes care of his body. And he had that quote, and it was in a commercial. I forgot what it was, where people were like, where he said, what is toughness? And toughness is eating the right things, you know, saying no to putting poison in your body, waking up early, making sure you're always ready, stuff like that. So... I like it. You don't have to sell me on Duncan Keith. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. With the 18th That's overall pick and my my final forward slot, I've got a forward and a goalie to go. I still don't have a goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the 18th overall pick, I am going to go with someone who is still kicking. He's done everything but win a Stanley Cup, and he's one of the reasons that I'm pulling for the Florida Panthers this year. I'm going John ah! Thornton and Johnny's Mac. That was my next pick. <laughs> oh, that was my next pick. Yeah, I, who's not rooting for Joe Thornton uh, this year? 42 years young. I think he's 43 this spring or something. He's done everything except win that Stanley Cup. He's the Ray Bork of forwards. And um, hats off to you, man. And I, I don't even think he's playing that much for Florida right now. I don't know if he's hurt. He's only played 19 games this year. Mm. Um, but that that guy needs that guy needs a ring. 
And so the Florida Panthers, they got the tools this year. We'll see if they can make it. But Jumbo Joe, congrats on an epic career. And as far as that whole toughness factor, with the beard to go with it, Jumbo Joe Thornton is my final forward pick. Shawnee, are you up? Shawnee, you're up. I am. All right. So, whew. tough one here. I, I've got a forward and defenseman. And then we have to pick coaches, don't forget. Oh, I, I could have thrown a wild card at you and pick a coach right now. Do it. I may. I, I, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick Barry Trotz. <laughs> I'm going to take Barry Trotz. Um, Barry Trotz. Also, I don't know if, uh, if I watched the like road to. It was some special or whatever. He's got a son that has is Down syndrome, I believe. Yes, he does. And he does a lot for his son, and I think that. That takes a toughness because uh, I've never experienced it, but my wife's uh, uncle had Down syndrome. It's just, it's tough. And I think there's a certain type of toughness, mm -hmm. and I think Madden would have respected that. So that's why I think that's why I took Barry Trotz. I like it. All right, who we got? 20th overall. All right. Debating on two defensemen, um, but I have to go with the one that I think is going to be. He's not the same player at all, but he's a future Hall of Famer, Zidane O'Shara. I mean, mm -hmm. in, his, in his prime, I mean, he was uh, he was basically what Victor Hedman is now. I mean, he was a do-everything with his size, with his strength, with his you know defensive ability, offensive ability. <clears throat> I mean, he could dominate a game. I mean, that's really all. You know, and maybe the last we saw of him being really great was in that 2013 series, maybe a little afterwards. But, um, but yeah, tremendous player. I mean, hell, I met him when I was in college and I interned for the AHL. I met him and he was one of the AHL All-Stars. I saw this guy. I'm like, holy, he's a big dude. Didn't speak <laughs> a word of English. Nice guy. But, yeah. yeah. So um, hey, You don't know. He was cursing you out in whatever language he does speak. That's true. Probably was. I was a doofus then. Doofus now. <laughs> yeah. Sedano Shara is my pick. It's pretty for, good. Uh, for defense. Tough to beat. And, I get, and I go one more time with a forward, and I'm looking at a current forward. So I am going to go with Anzi Kopitar. Ooh. Oh. To me, he's he's kind of a poor man's Bergeron. Um, maybe he's a little better offensively, um, still very good defensively, um, tough as nails, still doing it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take Kopitar two times Stanley nice. cup winner. Yeah. I'm going to go with him versatile forward. He's my guy. I mean, I, can you imagine what people would be, how people would talk about Kopitar if he played on the East coast? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that, that's been his, the only flaw in his game is playing in Los Angeles where, you know, if he was out here right now, he'd be revered and be a demigod, and people would be yep. talking about him the way that they talk about Bergeron and others. Absolutely um, agree with you. What a talent. Hall of Famer. Awesome yep, pick. Hall of Famer. Awesome pick. All right. So I'm going to stay with the LA Kings, and I'm going to go with Drew Doughty. Ooh. Good pick. Uh, Norris Trophy winner in 2015-16. Uh, I believe he was. Uh, he's also been like a Norris finalist. Plays twenty five minutes a night. Two time Stanley Cup champion. 
uh, his picture on Hockey Reference, he's missing his two front teeth. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't say all Madden toughness, I don't know what does. Yeah, and he he has the best microphone chirp in NHL history. With I forgot who that Anaheim Ducks player was who was yelling at him, and he looks at him, he goes, "Buddy, you suck at hockey." <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was part of like yeah. uh, it, tying it to the Hawks the that... for how long? How long? And you're still on the fourth line. I don't know. Find that on what YouTube. Was the, <laughs> wasn't that Hawks game where? The Hawks looked like they were on the penalty kill the entire period, and there wasn't. It was just the Kings were just dominating them for yeah. that period. Drew Doughty was on the ice, I think, that entire shift. Yeah. It's it was insane. I think Quinville even said that was like the most uh, – because there wasn't a whistle for like six minutes or something crazy in that period. Yeah. Crazy so stuff. Drew Doughty. All right, so I, I am I up? Am I up you right are, now? You are up. Yeah, I need a I need a coach. I went, I went quick. Yeah, I need a coach, and this is this is this might. I don't know if this is toughness or what, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a coach, and I I don't know exactly. This is my wild card. I don't know what Madden would think of this guy because I think philosophically they'd probably be a lot different. Very tempted to go with the best coach of all time, who I'm sure one of you is gonna take, but I'm gonna go with Mike Keenan. Um, as my as as my coach, and um, I think you know I I am obsessed with the '87 Canada Cup, and I watched a documentary on how he handled that team, and it was somewhat Herb <laughs> Herb Brooksian, um, and they all kind of rallied around God guys like let's do what we have to do and try to ignore this guy, and that was his plan the whole time, and you know they were playing the Soviet Union who had a group of guys who were among the best in the world. and um, Oh, I, I think I watched that documentary too. It was just like, it was like a best of seven in yeah. Canada versus the Soviet Union. Yeah, well, it was Sebastian, Coon, Sebastian Coonway was on that team. Uh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> it was a 19, I, uh, 1987 Canada Cup at Gretzky. It was what's... Uh, Bobby Hall's younger brother was on that team. No, that was the Summit Series in 72. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the 87 Canada Cup was the best hockey that was ever played at any rate. And then Mike Keenan, you know, obviously he – you know, I, I think it, a lot of Hawk fans didn't like him because he ran Dennis Savard out of town in favor of Chris Chelios. That was obviously unpopular. But then he goes to the Rangers and is exactly what they needed and won the Cup and had a very storied career. He obviously burnt out very quickly and his annex were used up. But – Either way, the kind of toughness factor, I guess, in a sense that he said, look, I don't care what people think. You know, he's like the Jose Mourinho of uh, of the NHL coaches. Just like, I, I do what I want. I don't care what people think. Uh, anyway, who's up? All right. Yay. I have got my straight. I've got my final defenseman and I've got my coach. And I think both of these are really good picks at this at this point in the draft, um, especially being limited to a current defenseman. Um, this is a guy that you're definitely not thinking of when you think of, you know, the, the scrappy, the, you know, grinder, you know, all that. You're not thinking of him in that sense of toughness, but this is a guy that has struggled through injuries his entire career. And it almost seems like every time he has a big setback, he comes out even better when he does come back. Um, you know, and, and that's certainly very respectable in its own right. But 
you know, he's played at a very high level his entire career ever since 2006, still going strong. Um, you know, a guy that I think any anyone would love to have on their team, even still today. Uh, that being from the Pittsburgh Penguins, Chris Letang. Ooh, ooh yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, like I said, he's had a lot of, you know, quote-unquote normal injuries throughout his career. But, I mean, let's not forget the guy at 26 years old had a stroke yep. and came yeah. back. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable, the, just the physical toughness, you know, you know, in himself that he has, you know, had throughout his career. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely an elite two-way defenseman, uh, you know, obviously known for his puck-moving ability, but a very good defender as well. Um, you know, and, and does have that extreme personal toughness as well. So uh, that's my final player pick. And then for my coach, um, I was thinking, you know, as you guys were making your last picks, who I wanted to go with, and I had someone in mind that, you know, is a, a former player, um, you know, that probably more so fits kind of that rugged type of style, Um but I ended up going with someone different. So I'll see if any of you guys pick up on the other guy that I was initially thinking of, but I just thought of this guy a minute ago. Um, he's also a former player, current head coach, uh, extremely, you know, strong in the leadership area, both when he was a player and today as a head coach, uh, toughness, you know, in terms of how he takes care of himself, you know, and I think a lot of people would say he might be, the best head coach in the NHL today, that being and bringing it full circle back to the Carolina Hurricanes, Rod Brindamore. Brindy, I like that pick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you know, arguably, you mess with us again and say Derek King at one no, point. I no. really thought that was going to happen. No, but I mean, you know, you look at Robbie Fatorik. <laughs> you look at Brindamore. I mean, he could probably still play today and probably be the best conditioned player in the NHL. Yeah. So Jeremy Colleton begs to differ. Well, that's his problem. <laughs> Jeremy Colleton. It's best coach, not best communicator, damn it. <laughs> Good luck, Jeremy, wherever you are out there. He's probably listening. Probably. He's probably nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. He's probably wrapped up in tinfoil talking to himself somewhere. Uh, weird, weird dude. <laughs> 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 so I um I have my goalie and uh this is my last pick and it has to be a current guy. I'm the only one to go with a current goalie and I am going to go with excellence and toughness in the same form. I'm going with Carey Price. Um and I'm going with Carey Price because I it takes a lot of courage to address whatever he's going through right now. Um especially after a cup run. Um he is so I, – I think he's maybe the most talented goaltender in the league next to Vasilevsky. And how you play in that market being a goaltender and you manage to do the things that people ask you to do and you're quiet and you're friendly and you're a leader and everyone says, oh, they'll never win with you. And now he's taking time off to address stuff that he needs to address and he will be back. I think that – I don't know. I think that guy's awesome. One of my favorite moments in, in recent hockey lore was that time where uh, they beat Ottawa in the playoffs and they gave Pricer the silent treatment when he came into the locker room. I'm sure you've all seen that clip. 
And he walked in, they're all sitting there silent. He starts looking around. He goes, yeah. And then they all go, ah. <laughs> so I don't know, YouTube, but it's awesome. I'll send it to the group. But Kerry Price is a winner. And uh, he's going to be in the pipes for me and my crew. All right, Johnny. Two more to go. I'm, I'm going to stay out west. Um, I, he's the captain of. I, I, I'm all about captains, apparently. Um, but the, I think while Madden, he kind of got to be like that. Had the weight of the organization on his back for a long time. Um, they're kind of rebuilding right now. They're going to be back sooner than we think, maybe next season. I'm going to go with Ryan Getzlaff. I like that pick. Nice. And then um, honorable mention, maybe that should just be all Madden this year. Uh, Kyle Beach, I think, should just be all Madden yeah. for coming out and 100%. saying mm -hmm. what he did and, you know, sharing that what happened to him. And I think Kyle Beach should be all Madden. So yeah. I, I just – I honestly just thought of that like a little bit ago. So. Yeah. Amen. Well, I got, I'm short a coach. So my coach that I'm going, and I've gone through and thought about a lot of different, um, different people. Um, I'm going with Al Arbor. Love it. Um, you know, that was definitely a lot, of people, too. a lot of people just think, you know, he's a guy that just had a, a ridiculously talented team and he did, but he also had, uh, they also had a toughness about him that, about them that that came from him. Um, I mean, I'm not old enough to remember him as a player, but I know as a player he was a pretty hard-nosed guy when he was with the Blues among the Blackhawks and other teams. But, um, you know, he – you got to be able to manage a bunch of egos. you got to have a little bit of toughness and, and show some tough love to these guys. Um, you know, the record that I – you know, Andy, I agree with you that that will never be broken is the 19th straight playoff series wins. Yeah, that, that they've had. I mean, he won the Jack Adams in, in 78, 79 with 51 wins. It was like 51, 15 and 14, which is a ridiculous number. I mean, he's one of the all time, um, you know, leaders in wins and, you know, hall of famer, God rest his soul. Um, but you know, he's a guy that I would, you know, he could coach my team any day of the week. Awesome. Great pick. If Carlton's not available, of course, but of course, yeah. of course, of course. So this is, Sheldon Brookbank. Sorry. What's that? Sheldon <laughs> Or Sheldon Brookbank. Yeah. So this concludes our all Madden draft and what could possibly be the longest ring cast that we've had in uh in modern day history, but a good one nevertheless. Um Eric, do you think we can get those uh get those picks up on the website somehow? Yeah, absolutely. Showcase those and then yeah, Bardo, send those out so we can all take a look at our rosters. Um mm -hmm. I wrote mine down. I didn't write anyone else's down, but some awesome picks. You know, maybe what we do is we put up a poll. Can we turn it into a poll? That's the next move. Or we can put it on Twitter and you can make it a, you could list the teams yeah. and maybe link it to the, the mm -hmm. ring page. Yeah. Well, yep. we will we'll certainly get to all that. But uh time to sign off. The Hawks start in a little bit. Gonna be a late night in the desert, I believe. And um, for all the listeners out there, particularly those of you who stuck through our entire draft, thank you very much. Any parting shots from any of you guys? Neil Ander sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Uh, yeah, something. Just happy birthday to my dad again. Happy birthday, Mr. Fitzgerald. And um, if you're listening out there, thank you. You're the one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm late to the party. Watch Ted Lasso. It's great. Oh, yeah. 
It's great stuff. Ted Lasso is definitely a great show. Cobra Kai season four is also excellent. I just finished it. It is awesome, and I binge watched it too fast that I was very sad. So, um, anyway, uh, on behalf of my colleagues in the Chicago Ringcast, thank you everyone for listening, uh, for bearing with us. This will be up on the website and um, on iTunes and all sorts of fun places. Uh, we will be back uh, with some more Hawks, but with a lot more NHL stuff moving forward. So take care, everybody, and uh, have a great day.